be admitted after the guests check in. It's common knowledge. Common knowledge. So, this is Motel Hell. We are back together in person. Well, we already did an in-person episode, didn't we? No. Oh, that's right. We did not. That's right. We didn't. We didn't do one. But now, we we're are here. doing it. We're doing it live. Yeah, we're doing I'm it for state. recording to you, <laughs> currently in Dick Fetty's foreskin. And uh, I am... In incredible pain because Ben's throbbing member is stretching my foreskin in a way I've never had it stretched before. That's a lie. I routinely put up bocce balls in it. Yeah, but I did shove a bunch of uh, pop rocks into my urethra uh-huh. prior to this, so you're going to be getting them soon. Okay. And from an article I read, bad decision to have pop rocks underneath your foreskin. Really? Why? Guess we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> They pop, they rock. I uh, I did pop rocks and coke, but cocaine one time. You you put pop rocks? No in- no no no! I didn't put them in my nose. I ate them, and then I ate cocaine with them. I mixed them and cocaine together, and then I put it in my mouth, and then I drank Coca Cola, and was just like, uh, uh, yeah. I was like really. I was already on like a significant amount of cocaine at the time. I was gonna say I always felt like eating cocaine was such a waste. It was. It was it's like wasteful. all those people who sprinkle them on blunts. It's like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, yeah. But we just had so much cocaine that night that it was like we could do whatever we wanted with it, and then we still ran out. It was devastating. Weird how that happens with cocaine. Devastating. That was, that was the first time though I ever watched Videodrome, because I went home. I snuck home at five in the morning. Waited for three hours for everybody to leave, and then that girl came back over and she brought Videodrome with her, which I'd never seen before. And she's like, "Let's watch this crazy movie and try to have sex." And I was like, "All right, this seems yeah, cool." Well, sure. I was like, "Did you bring more coke?" She was like, "I got all that's left." I was like, "This is still less than we had when we split up." She's like, "Well, I had to stay awake to see you," and I was like, "Fucking bitch!" I didn't pay for any of it, so I couldn't really be mad, but I still slightly outraged. And uh, yeah, we did that, and then uh, listened to Peshma, and then I went to work. Panera Bread. What a charm life you led. <laughs> it's like exhausting on like a spiritual level. Yeah, so. I could only imagine going to work at Panera Bread, Coke hungover. Yeah, I was just uh, I was just like actively on cocaine. I hated being in food service sober. Yeah. so I can't even imagine. No, that was towards the end of my tenure at Panera, so. I had really stopped caring, and I was also prep, so I like hypothetically worked by myself in the back, and there was one spot if you sat against this one wall, the cameras couldn't find you, so you could just try to catch some shut eye. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The only place I can sleep at my job is if I crawl between two shelving units where no one can find me. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, would work. I but found a lot of skeletons doing that. But it's real dirty back there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, that's where Reggie went. I thought he quit. Nope, Some dead. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed by a lift. Oh, I think I'm going to have diarrhea soon, so we may have to take a break. If our voices sound different, it's because I'm not full of diarrhea. 
when I start recording again, but... And and just like Motel Hell, the first few minutes in, we are immediately off topic. We haven't even given you the topic. No, no, it's cocaine and diarrhea. Yeah. It's the story of my life. That's the name of my memoir. C&D. The D&D story. Just, just cock and dick. Yeah, so anyways, I'm Frank Fetty. Who are you? Dick Fetty. There you go. I know I'm it's both. been a while. Yeah. I'm Ben. Almost got the beardo back. Yeah. It's coming back in, although I still don't really want it to have it too big because apparently it makes masks work. Should I come less back good? as Frank Fetty, Dick Fetty's son? I mean, we'd have to ritualistically kill you first, right? Yeah, but to I think I will. I think I'll come back. I think I'd come back. How are we gonna do it? I'm gonna choke you while you're masturbating. Sure. I mean, this is where this friendship has always been leading, right? Where, like, I'm choking you, you're masturbating, you pass out, I think you're having an orgasm, and you just die. Yeah, speaking then, of which, your pupils are, like, beautiful right now. Thank you. They're, like, really, they look like marbles. Thank you. It's pretty intense. I've always had uh, really big pupils, which was a huge <laughs> issue when uh, me and my You're friends... trying to not be on drugs? Well... Trying to look like you weren't on drugs? We had say? a very long stint of ecstasy use oh and my god you must have looked like a fucking lemur like a like a, what are they called an ii more like night? a fucking goat yeah <laughs> just <laughs> just a black eyed goat so i yeah i have no iris but you know we all made a vow to stop doing ecstasy and you know keep it to other drugs but not ecstasy yeah right and i show up at a party and they're like why are your pupils so big and i'm like because i didn't do opiates today what do you want from me yeah, there's I'm other so things sorry. that make your pupils big <laughs> yeah all right. Well, uh, anyway, so we're covering. We're covering. <laughs> it's a new word. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming back. Uh, we're gonna cover supernatural animals. Yeah. Creatures. Creatures. Uh, mine are like supernatural esque. Like okay. it, it, they make zero sense. Sure. To the sightings that happen. Okay. And I also mine. I I did too. They're right. very fucking short. Mine is quite long. Okay. So. Good. Yeah. Because mine take place over the course of two days and then like five okay so yeah so so anyways yeah we're just kind of getting back in the swing of things we wanted to do a topic that was a little bit different and while we've got we're starting to queue up more episodes on japanese cult directors and porno uh and the like you know i do have a true crime one in the chamber guys do not worry okay and we're talking, is that the, the old ye golden rod and whatnot, or is that a different thing? No, 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 no. This is something different that I found out. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you about it off mic. Okay. I don't want to give anything away. All righty. So we're going to first start off with our movie review. Hell yeah. M -m 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 movie review. Review. I'm also pretty pissed because FlexLexa never bought me the soundboard I requested so I could do like goofy animal sounds, you know, like we were like Mike, like Dick and the Dick and Dick and Ben in the morning, Ben Ben Dick Ben Dickin. Well, have I to would say you could just get a soundboard on your computer, but your keyboard, keyboard is so loud <laughs> that it would clack, probably clack, redline clack. the fucking audio. Yeah, no, it's the problem, but also the solution when you have cherry greens and no silencers on your keys. Click, clack, click, clack. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I was listening to some of our old episodes back mm -hmm. when I was vaping, and I'd like to personally apologize to everyone listening <laughs> currently. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, you know, what are you going to do? I'm 
So, okay, anyways, we watched Halloween 5, Revenge of Michael Myers, 1989 film by Dominique Othenin Gerard. Which I feel as though every single Halloween could be, including the first one, maybe not the third, could have been called Revenge of Mike Myers. Sure, yeah, Revenge is a terrible subtitle to a movie, it indicates nothing. Anyways, impressions, thoughts, feelings, concerns? I... Okay, so to start off with, just so you guys know, even though we are the end-all to be-all of all horror movie knowledge, and if you get your opinions on horror movies elsewhere, you're fucking stupid. Yeah, you're dumb for doing that. But, there's a lot of, I guess, classic stuff and sequel stuff that Dick Fetty and I have slept on for decades, even at this point. We, we still haven't finished Hellraiser all the way through. We're, we, we're, we're close. We, yeah, we're Dead World, so we've got two more. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's the one that's on Showtime or Stars. Whatever. Stars. And then, and then there's a newer one. The Stars one is the one that's in between Dead World and the newest one. Yeah. Which and the looks new one like looks, a Rob Zombie video. Yeah, the new one's got that early 2000s grit to it, like that all those remakes did. Anyway... Not what we're talking about. I'm about to launch into a whole thing. (laughs) We've seen and absolutely love the first three Halloween movies. Sure. Uh, Halloween 3 is one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. It's for the kids. It's great, you know. So, we decided the other night to watch the fourth one. And when I arrived tonight to podcast, Dick Fetty looked at me and was like, look at all these beautiful movies I have to watch and all these we have so many wonderful, Shinya, awesome movies we could watch. Shinya Tsukamoto, the whole box set, I even got Gemini, which just came out. Yeah, and I turned to Dick Fetty and I said, no, me want Halloween 5. Give me Halloween 5. Now, part of that is because uh, Halloween 4, I wouldn't even say, I mean, it was surprisingly good, but it was, it was... It was good beyond the initial shock of that it wasn't trash, and then it was good in its own right. I think that there's a lot to be said about it and the way it world built for the Halloween, like for Haddonfield, Illinois, and the, uh, how can I put it, the story behind Michael and the, well, and the continuation of the story in a meaningful way, and Dr. Loomis's just like continued insanity. It all worked really well, and the thing that I I really liked about it was that they truly made it look like the Midwest meets New Jersey, but in, like, the saddest, most depressed, like, town that has, is seeing people leave because of both, it's now the late 80s instead of the late 70s, and, like, that whole encroaching Rust Belt, Rust Belt issue, on top of personal tragedies in the town mount to, like, create a haunted visage of what once was a happy place to live. And, you know, I'd realized something, right? So, you know, Friday the 13th, it's about Jason, but the reason he keep coming back is because Jason has all these crazy, awesome kills, right? He does them in all different ways. You know, you, you love Freddy Krueger and Nightmare, but, you know, he creates all these dream worlds and morphs his body, which is really cool. And honestly, at this point for me, I just want to see how much crazier Dr. Loomis seems. And I like I honestly think that's really the thing that kept the series going because it's not that bloody. Uh, there's not a bunch of tits. And Mike Myers does Michael Myers, not not famous comedian Mike Myers, just so you guys know. 
he does kill occasionally in a creative way, but for the most part, it's knife or, hey, this thing happened to be lying here. Yeah, whatever I can shove through you forcibly. Yeah, I think, well, to me, the Loomis, I mean, it, in reality, it's how much money can we bring out of a franchise that's not expensive to keep pushing along is really why they keep yeah. making them. But, and to sort of get back to my point, it was interesting because the fourth movie had a clear ending. It was a good ending, and it was surprising to me. I didn't see it coming. I liked I liked the way they basically did everything except for not show you these gigantic bazonga titties that looked like they were fucking... I can't think of the guy's name. What is it? It's John Zadar, Patrick Zadar. I don't know. The the dude with the chin. Zadar. You, yeah, if you watched Maniac Cop, you know him and a bunch of other stuff. But Zadar, just Charles fucking... Fuck, I can never remember his name. It drives me nuts. Anyways. He was also in Soul Taker. Yeah, it looks like he was the Soul Taker, was he not? He was one of them. He was one of them. One of Soul Takers. Because it was him and then... Oh... Uh, can't remember the actor's name. Guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Some Tom famous Atkins. No, it was a, it was somebody's brother. It was Stephen Baldwin. Who's Emilio Estevez's father? Oh, Charlie Sheen, Michael Michael Sheen. Yeah. It was Michael Sheen's brother. Okay. Who was the other soul taker? Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. And they have that part early on where they have that like fast sped up is it a car crash? I don't remember, I but yeah. I think so. Yeah, they're just definitely driving fast, but we're way off topic now. Anyway, uh, Charles Zadar's uh, illegitimate daughter is about to show her giant bazongas, and then they don't. And that was the only bad part of the. Well, I mean, the movie wasn't perfect, but <laughs> that was certainly like an immediate. Like, are you kidding me? How could you do this to me? Betrayal. Immediate two star minus. Yeah, uh, but the fifth movie. Anyways, to talk about the movie we just watched. They shoehorned in a continuation point from the last movie that, okay, I guess. But then there was an immediate time skip that I didn't... I guess maybe we missed the marquee. I'm still not entirely... No, we didn't. There was no marquee. Okay, so it was like two years later, ten minutes after it started, and then we are just suddenly following a new cast of teenagers. So, anyway, let's preface it with this. The movie... Mostly centers around Mike Myers's niece. Yeah, right. Should we say that? I guess we can say that. That's not really a spoiler. How old's the movie? Okay, fair. I mean, we don't have to give away the ending. Right. But uh, the movie yeah. comes out the gate real hard. Not going to tell you why it happens, but obviously, at the end of every Halloween movie, Mike Myers gets quote unquote killed. And Loomis is there. And Loomis is there, <laughs> not doing anything. But every single time someone asks, "Can he you kill him?" He was proactive in this film. Yeah, but still, at every movie, someone goes, "Do you think he can kill him?" And he goes, "I think so." Yeah, and he doesn't. No, but Spoiler. he did try way harder than usual. I think he didn't just shoot him this time. He did a whole thing. Yeah, but anyway, Mike Myers gets shot a billion and one times, falls into a hole, the hole collapses, and then a random cop. Has a bundle of dynamite. That's which the beginning of the movie. Lights, not the end. Yeah, the, yeah, the beginning of this movie, and throws it in the hole, and then Mike Myers just scoots down a river that's maybe two inches deep. Yeah, it's like if you've ever been on the canoeing trip, which you haven't, listeners, that we we do. Uh, it's yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 a fun way to start it, and basically they just they just do the fourth movie again. In many ways, and yeah. they lean into some new parts of the things they explore in the fourth movie, but they basically, they just do some new stuff, and 
the fourth movie had it was never really scary although so there was two things i liked about this movie one of them was that the speed at which they set up new characters and then started eventually killing them which actually takes really long i liked that it forced me to be patient in a way that a lot of like older slasher movies did where the killing didn't start 20 minutes in or maybe there'd be one kill but then you'd be waiting another 50 minutes for some kills i mean sometimes i just want gore 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 but it was kind of punishing in the way that uh you thought you were going to get a lot of murder and he really toyed with people for quite a while before that happened and there's some really great mike myers driving sequences that uh sold that whole uh cat and mouse and and muscle car game so I liked that, and then the ending, I would say that in general, the best word to describe the movie was gratuitous. Everything was done gratuitously, and there is extensive, like, 20 minutes of Michael trying to murder this nine-year-old, <laughs> and then her being used repeatedly as a human shield by a variety of people, <laughs> and she's typically being screamed at throughout the movie by Dr. Loomis, and it's just like insane in that way and i did appreciate it because it felt like the director was unhinged or that this movie was more than any other geared towards like sexual sadist pedophiles in a certain sense like i mean not really but what <laughs> but the well in the level of like which they were tormenting a nine-year-old like that was the focal point of the movie there were some teens killed but it was mostly like about her either psychic or actual pain yeah in a way that was you're kind of watching it thinking like, why am I continuing to watch this? I appreciated that they were doing a new take on it. It wasn't a, a 18 year old being tormented, but a nine year old, but that whole scene where she's stuck in a vent and he just repeatedly trying to stab her and grab her was just like excessively long, not in a way that upset me, but I just was like, wow, they really committed to this. Well, I, th I think also a lot of points, a lot of slasher serials end up going with a, very much younger main character to you watch a lot of slasher movies a lot of the time you're like I don't fucking care about these people like yeah. I don't think but with a little girl you're like oh man I hope she survives mind you guys just to let you know I'm pretty sure that Halloween 5 is solely a vehicle to take you towards Halloween 6 yeah it was definitely written it was written in the way that movies are today where they never want to do anything once they're like we can bring them to the theater twice so they do that but it's done by somebody without any real conception as to how to split a story, which also happens a lot these days. But Yeah, there was a lot of the background was... things going on that were... like, why is, why is she psychically linked to her uncle, other than them being related? Yeah. Who's the man with the shiny tip shoes? Right. Um, we'll have to watch the sixth one, I guess, to yeah. find out. Yeah. But my favorite thing about parts four and five of the Halloween franchise is... That Haddonfield, Illinois, is still selling Mike Myers masks. Yeah. After so 12, much murder. Twelve years, yeah. So much 20. murder. But I do think that, at the same time, people are macabre. Like, they would want those masks, you know? I don't know, man. I mean, for... We can't get people to wear masks nowadays. <laughs> Fair point. But I do think that people like things that are in bad taste, and maybe they wouldn't have been selling them right away, but the way that the movie sets up, well, at least four sets up into five, is it's ten years after the original stuff. And since the second movie is right after the first movie, that isn't the issue. So... I mean, obviously people like things that are in bad taste. Do I own an Ed Gein shirt that you got me? Yes. Yeah. Am I currently wearing a Burn shirt Bundy that was Burn. sold at Ted Bundy's 
Execution, not the real one. Yes, of course I am. But I don't... <laughs> I, I just... I find it super funny. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I would say rating-wise, I would probably put it in like a 5 out of 10, 5.5 maybe. It was... It it definitely dragged. Some of the girls were really cute. The one girl was exceptionally cute, whose like outfit must have been fucking glued to her. It was very frustrating. Oh. They just but I after Monday night's lack of titty, I expected the same treatment. It was unfair. See, Mike Myers differs from Jason Voorhees, where Jason waits for the titties to come out and Mike kills before they can. Well, no, they always can, but the camera has other plans. <laughs> and I will say that, you know, I think we've talked about it before, but Mike Myers is... Uh, Jason, granted, is also very good at dead body art, but they both are exceptional at, like... Mike isn't always a creative killer, but he always... Well, he tends to leave bodies in a creative way. You got a lot more of that in 4 than you got in this. There wasn't... There was hardly any dead bodies, so... No, uh, the last scene had... All of the teenagers. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. So, but it felt like, it still felt like a low body count. And it was a low body count. There was a lot of people died in the fourth one. Actually, but. that wasn't even the last scene. There was still like 20 minutes left. No, nah, it was like 10. Oh, whatever. But, yeah. What about you? What did you give it? So, I guess I give it like a 4 out of 10. Mainly because I'm not a fan of them giving... Mike Myers is supposed to be this empty vessel. He took off his mask and cried. Also, I felt like I saw way too much of his face. And yeah. I think the whole thing about him wearing the mask is dehumanizing him. Sure. And making him this juggernaut of destruction. Yeah. Not quite a zombie, but... Yeah. I guess that bothered me less because he still was. You know? Yeah. They tried to make him human, but then it was like, nah, dog. And then he just kept on killing. So. That's why I didn't like Rob Zombie's remakes. There's parts of them I like. I still like... It was still enjoyable. It's definitely... It's one of those things, you know, it's a slasher movie. I can fucking sit through them a billion and one times. It's fine. Yeah. It's not going to be my first pick. Yeah. Uh, but I but I, I'm not in any way felt like I wasted my time watching it. It just Yeah. That's why I give it an even like yeah, I think 5 5 and a half because really as far as sequels go, they didn't jump the shark, you know. Well, they didn't go the same ultra ridiculous path it seems as Friday the 13th right. and Nightmare on Elm Street did right. you know what I mean yeah it didn't become comedy horror but well by the time we get to Jason Takes Manhattan you're just like what the fuck is going on yeah it's just painfully boring for the most like first 45-50 minutes of it still love that movie yeah well when he gets to New York it's great but yeah. he slams that girl's head into the mirror kicks that boombox yeah, he does <laughs> <laughs> So, that is our movie review. Movie review. So, Dick Fetty, tell me. Have you ever heard of the Dover Demon? No. So, let me preface this. I, I might have talked about these books on the podcast before, but there was a series of books I used to buy from the Scholastic Book Fair back in the Disney day. I can't remember the name of the mainline series, but they had almost like it was like there's the mainline series and then there's like the Avengers version of the series right? Sure, sure. It's called Strange Forces. Uh -huh. Oh. Yeah. Strange Forces? Doesn't matter. I have one in my house. I think I have like the third one because they're all out of print now. But I used to read these books and the back of them they had all these cryptids and creatures and supernatural creatures and stuff. And one of them was a thing called the Dover Demon. Okay. I guess a decent amount of people know about the story just because it's so strange. 
but nothing all that exciting really happens in it. It's just it's high strangeness. Sure. None of it now makes sense. Is this any Dover, sense. Delaware, or Dover in England? Massachusetts. Ooh, Wrong. Boy. Two times. I fucked up. So, the Dover demon is described as a small humanoid creature. Uh, the happenings took place in 1970s. In the 1970s, I'll get to the exact dates in a minute. But he's best described as like a short alien with almost. A figure eight head. Okay. Not that it touches all the way in the middle, but it's got like, you know, circle over circle. Two giant glowing eyes, really thin limbs, really long fingers and toes. Sounds like Max. <laughs> right? People who saw it describe it as either running on all fours or walking on two legs. Sometimes the eyes glow orange, sometimes they're green. Like kind of some kind of spooky, oogie, spooky Christmas lights. Obviously, totally fucking nude. Mm-hmm. And one of the things... Is he hung? No. I'll show you a picture. Okay. I've got a couple. Here, I'll show you a picture real quick. This is one of the sketches from one of the people who saw it. Okay. Okay. Looks exactly like my ex. No holes, just eyes. <laughs> yeah. All holes filled. And even though it looks totally like an alien, zero, zero UFO sightings in the area during all this. Sure. Thing just kind of appeared out of nowhere. 10.32 p.m., April 21st, 17-year-olds Bill Bartlett, Mike Mazoka, and Andy Brody. Did you guys miss how terribly we pronounced some people's names? I bet you did. They were driving north on Farm Street. So Bartlett was behind the wheel of his Volkswagen, all of them driving together. And he sees something creeping along a low wall of loose stones on the side of the road. Sure. Left side, to be exact. So, initially he thought it was like a dog, cat, some kind of like weird little animal, maybe yeah, a, a sexy-ass possum or something. Yeah, I get that. Fuck possum. And then the fucking headlights hit the thing. Uh-huh. And he realizes, like, oh, what the fuck is that? This is not, nothing I've ever seen before. Sure. Figure slowly turns his head towards him. Stares directly into the light as two large, round, glassy, lidless eyes shining brightly. Direct quote, like two orange marbles. Mm. And he, I guess, described it as watermelon-shaped, but all of the depictions from all the teenagers kind of have that, like, you know, figure-eight shape. Sure. Like a peanut. It's more like a peanut. Yeah. What if it's Mr. Peanut this whole no, time? No, no, because his whole body's a No, 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 listen, shape. listen. Yeah, but what if planners, right? They're trying to create a real-life Mr. Peanut. What if they was? What if that is the real life? That's him as a child. And he, No, they were trying to create it, and it escaped. Oh, this is like version X. Are they based? They're probably not based in Massachusetts, right? Oh, no, dude. You, you got the pe- peanut. I don't know. I don't know where the nuts are, but... You went a little Irish there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, yeah, no. I don't think it's Mr. Peanut. I think it's Mr... I think it's, um... But anyways, if you want to picture this thing without Googling it, its head looks like a peanut. Also, we're going to have pictures on the Insta for you folks. Yeah, we still have that. We still have that. Still haven't gotten our OnlyFans, but we will get there. Oh, no, I did. Well, anyways, we'll we'll get into that. (laughs) Oh, we will get into it. Just a dude fucking a donut. (laughs) This content's wild. (laughs) And then he feeds it to his co-host. 
and his co-host doesn't know, but then he winks at the camera? What is happening? Anyway. So, the skin, completely hairless. Hairless, like a dog. Really skinny arms and, and legs, but really big feet and hands. Mm. And his skin seemed to be peach color and have kind of a rough texture, almost like wet sandpaper. So the creature stood no more than three and a half, maybe four feet tall. And once again, he goes in to describe it as <laughs> a baby's body with long arms and legs. So mm. me, essentially, yeah. because I have a baby's torso. I would, I would give you that. It is childlike. <laughs> Big ass dick, though. What's up? Hanging long. So one of the things that he noticed as the creature was moving is that its fingers were wrapping all the way around these stones which will come into play for the second sighting. Sure. And both, it essentially had three long fingers on, three or four long fingers on both, where both feet would be, mm -hmm. and both hands. So it's like a lemur. It's like a lemur finger. Like, I mean, yeah, but like way grosser. What are those, what are they, eye eyes, the ones with the really long pinkies? Yeah. It's like that, but a bunch of them. Okay. A bunch of eye eyes. Put on a trench coat and went out to. No, oh, well they put Dover, on like a, they put on like a green suit, but it was blue. No, it was a trench coat. These were just really fucked up teenagers. Okay. Real drunk. So, sighting only lasted a few seconds, and they essentially kept driving, and that was pretty much. He told his friends about it. He was upset. Riveting. Yeah, I mean, not much happened. It's just so. It's so weird. Okay. The next day, the 22nd, around midnight, 15-year-old John Baxter leaves his girlfriend Kathy Cornyn's house. Well, I wonder what they were doing. Mm. Is it okay to make sex jokes about 15-year-olds? Yeah. His girlfriend lived at the south end of Miller High Road. Mm. So, I actually have a picture of... Oh, of course it didn't translate right. These are the... This is the road... First night, this is Miller High Road right here. Okay. Baxter starts walking home. About a half hour later, he has walked about a half mile. So he's 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 ready to do an hour mile, man. He's he's getting there, you know? Really fucking trucking. He sees someone approaching him, right? Mm-hmm. Which it's a very wooded area. You saw the picture. I'd be fucking Freaked out as a 15-year-old. Although, he does have that post-not clarity, probably, sure. you know? Yeah. He is, like, one with nature and God himself. Yeah. The figure approaching him, he notices that it's short, so he thinks it's someone he might know. M.G. Botchard, who lives on the street that he was on. Mm -hmm. He's walking down. So, Baxter calls out to him, gets no response. They continue to approach each other until the figure suddenly stops. At this point, Baxter also stops and says, who is that? And he can only see like the shadowy form of the figure because it is pretty dark out this night. It's midnight. Yeah. Uh, trying to get a better look, he takes another step forward and the figure scurries off to the left, running down into a shallow wooded gully on the opposite uh, bank. Mm-hmm. As the figure runs, Baxter hears its footstep on dry leaves. He follows the figure down the slope, then stops and looks across the gully. There, he sees the creature standing in silhouette about 30 feet away, its feet 
molded around the top of a rock several feet from the tree. The creature's body reminds Baxter of a monkey, except for its dark figure eight shaped head. Mm-hmm. Peanut. Yeah, figure eight is how he specifically yeah, described it. I'm describing it as a peanut, yeah. as somebody who's seen it. So, so it notices these. He noticed these two lighter spots in the middle of the head. And after a few minutes of feeling uneasy, realizing he has never seen such a creature before, he doesn't know what it might do, so he carefully backs up the slope and then walks very fast down the intersection at Farm Street. There, a couple passing in a car pick him up and drive him home. The creature, never seen again. Nice. It's just so strange that it's literally two sightings and somehow it's always been pretty prevalent in like cryptid and like supernatural discussions and culture sure like the other creature i'm I'm gonna cover after you do your spiel he eh, he it is a much longer story and super interesting and different but is almost never talked about whereas a, a random fucking book Sighting, about yeah. cryptids and them fighting it's a it's a fi- it's a fictional novel okay. that i had mentioned uh has it in it um i think i've also mentioned the museum mysteries or whatever it was a i think they were done by medicom and a few other companies then they're like little gachapon uh cryptids and aliens and weird artifacts and stuff that they used to make now they're all dick expensive almost bought a bunch of them where I was like mm, no you're not gonna do that and I was like that's fair they're like two yeah, inches tall yeah. I don't need to buy them but they have a Dover Demon Dover Demon figure it's just really weird that these two sightings with zero explanation and no attacks yeah Garner continued interest yeah yeah I gotcha so my non-cryptid cryptid cryptid Oh, I meant to share this humorous anecdote. So this is a humorous anecdote from something that happened during the COVID times. So we do these family quizzos with Alexis Cousins every other week, basically. What the fuck is a family quizzo? So it's like a quiz, like you would do at a bar or whatever. But Ah. we have teams and it's on Zoom and, you know, we do stuff and things. And so it's normally four rounds and then some kind of like ending round and... It's very competitive and fun, and the persons that host it... competitive? Yeah, right. Changes every week, and or each game. So when we got to host, we did a whole thing about New Jersey, because some of them are from New Jersey, some of them are from Pennsylvania. So one of the questions was, what is New Jersey's most famous cryptid? And no one knew what the word cryptid meant. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? And like, first I tested other people before we did it for the quiz, like, because we want to make sure the questions aren't totally crazy. And everybody I asked, except for a cop, just was like, what's a cryptid? And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? What's like, I, I thought this was a common term. And it's not, though. It's yeah. a pseudoscience, you know what I mean? Well, I get that, but I mean, I still thought it was a, it was a nationally accepted pseudoscience and apparently not it was just funny i just never would have thought that that term would have caused trouble and it did well i'm i guess i'm used i'm so used to having to preface saying cryptid to people and then being like you know like the Loch Ness monster bigfoot yeah but we couldn't say that because it would give the answer away so it worked out everybody still eventually guessed it for context but 
Anyway, so my non-cryptic cryptid is the succubus. And oh. maybe the incubus if we have time, but... Well, we kind of went over this in an episode already. Interesting. Yes, yes we did. But I'm going to be attacking it from a different angle. Okay. So, so succubus, succubi, succubi are demons or supernatural entities who appear in a female form to seduce men, typically through sexual activity. Some form of the succubus is common to nearly all cultures, religions, folklores, etc. Basically, any group has a version, or most groups have a version of a soul-sucking female, if it can be, if you can imagine that. So, What are the chances that you were jerking off while you came up with this topic? No, I was not. But I picked this topic because my favorite character in all of Weebdom is... Well, I don't know if she's really my favorite, but she's up there as Morgan Ansland from Darkstalkers. Yeah, and so, you know, we go way back. She's a real cutie pie. Her tits have gotten bigger every day since she was originally created in the early 90s, and she's a star. If you know her, if, you, if you've ever played Darkstalkers or the Marvel... Marvel... <laughs> the Marvel versus Capcom series. Which is much more likely. Yeah, uh, she's got green hair, big boobies, these this like purple and dark purple uh, like spandex body. I mean, you know how female fighter suits are. Yeah. That's got bats imprinted on it. And then she's got bat wings and flings fireballs. And then there was a Darkstalkers anime that was uh, around when, I guess it was late 90s, probably mid 90s, that I watched as a kid. And I was always into Capcom 2D fighting games, sprites, and stuff like that. And she's she's like the most beloved character, Felicia, who's the cat girl, is after that. And then there's Hosin, uh, whatever her name is, and QB, and Lilith, who's her sister, who I'm going to be talking about in a second. So. Yeah, I don't know the names of any of the male characters from Darkstalkers. Yeah. Not one. There's Donovan, and there's uh, the other guy, <laughs> Raptor. And, yeah, I know, they don't really matter. I mean, I really like Darkstalkers, but it's one of those things where I've committed my memory to a ton of stuff. But, anyways, we're going to get a little off topic. So that I'm going to stay off topic for a second, sure. because I want you guys to know that so many times through Dick Fetty and I's almost 10-year friendship at this point, He'll be like, hey, let's play this Japanese fighting game. And I'm like, cool, I love Japanese fighting games. What he fails to tell me is that he's been playing it for 60 hours straight and won't help it's me not, with any of the combos. It's not entirely true. I'm like, how do you do any of their moves? And he's like, I don't know. And then instantly murders me. I mean, if... And he's on a fight stick and I'm on a controller. But that's literally what fighting games are for. They're the game that you master and then no one will play you in because you're the only one who knows how to play that specific fighting game. And, you know, in the world without arcades, there is no equalizer. There is no, like, game we all have to come to that's the same. And even then, one of the sticks sucks compared to one of the other ones at the arcade cabinet. You always get the janky one. That's true. And you're like, that dude fucking knows all the moves and he's got the stick that has all the buttons. And, you know, well, stick and buttons, but anyway... I'm yeah. sorry, please continue. Yeah, no, I wanted I to voice that, my anger. Yeah, no, these things are all true. So anyways, I was thinking about, uh, what, Bloody... Oh, what, Melty Blood. M Melty Blood the other day. Yeah, Actress again. Fucker. Yeah, that was good. And then Matt came over and we whomped on him together. <laughs> so, but, right, anyways, Succubi, Succubus. I think I, Morgan is what I think of when I think of Succubi, and 
Lilith is the other version, but she looks she's got a lolly vibe thing, so I think of her less. It's not really my style. And um I'm not into the supernatural, so this was like what I came up with and I was like, Oh, this is perfect. So anyways, long story long, here we are. So the etymology of the word succubus comes from late Latin succuba, which means paramour, which comes from succubare to lie beneath, sub under and cubare to lie. So like the sub part of the word is under and cubare is to lie. Used in used to describe this female supernatural being's implied sexual position under the man relative to the male sleeper's position. So So unlike an incubus which sits on top of you, a succubus lays underneath you? Yeah, it's like if you were sleeping on your stomach and having like a saucy dream. So, you know. Mm. But it doesn't it's not so much about like that aspect of things, but more of to me I'm like just picturing if you're talking about missionary sex, then the girl's underneath me. She's sucking the soul out of me. What the fuck is missionary? <laughs> yeah. Is that one of them Christians? <laughs> is that one of them Christian positions? God's loophole. <laughs> <laughs> God's loophole is the poop hole. So, the word succubus originates from late 14th century uh, Latin. Uh, the I'm going to circle back. We're going to talk about Lilith and the etymology of her name mm. and all that, which is complicated in a moment. But before we get into a true deep history lesson, we're going to talk more just generally about the succubus. Okay, so the oldest and most famous succubus, succubus of all is Lilith, the, well, eventually considered the original wife of Adam, depending on who you talk to, which version of Judaism you ascribe to. But that was like a common... It's in Kabbalah and a bunch of other stuff, and I'm going to, again, get into the history of that. It's complicated. Actually, so. I guess, like, technically second, depending... No, she was created simultaneous with Adam. She was. If you believe certain things. Mm, depends on what you read. Well, I'm going to tell you all the things I read, because I read for, like, four hours last night about the, the actual history of Lilith okay. and her in... Uh, representations in everything from reliefs to bowls to it's like I was like why am I doing this so um, but anyway so the reproductive cycle of succubi so this is uh, there's a lot of different you went into the reproductive organs of succubi yeah well so okay so like they're women who fuck you and steal your soul or life force or whatever some they basically take from you with sexual activity is typically the way we think of a succubus. So when succubus is used in common, common par parlance, it's as if like, yo, that woman's a succubus. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's just going to like suck the life out of you. And maybe that's in a literal way. Uh, or maybe it's in more of like, you know, we all know the sort of idea of like the crazy girl who like, it, it's an amazing lay, but like, she's going to destroy us. That's... <laughs> I very well know yeah, that. Yeah, right, idea, exactly. Okay. So essentially, like, that is the modern succubus without using the word because it makes it a little too grandiose. But that might be the way your mom or your auntie describes her. You know what I mean? Oh, like, stay. I thought you were going to describe my mom as a succubus. I don't know what your dad, you know, that's. I. No. They uh, listen to the podcast, Frank. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so. Fuck, where was it getting off topic? But reproductive organs, right? So, like, there's so I mean, it's there's not a lot to say in the sense of 
it's an archetype as much as it is a specific entity, which is why I want to talk about Lilith, who is a specific succubus, in order to put some specificity on it, but also to talk about, just in a general way, the sort of beliefs that have expanded over the years as they have about most demons that have come out of Judeo-Christian mythology. So they're kind of like vampires, but with the genitals. Yeah, well, they, or they are just straight vampires. A lot of times they're mixed up together. And there are a couple different, like, two branches, in, but that more pertains to Lilith. Trust me, I got ten pages of notes, buddy. We're not going to read them all. I'm very excited. So, <clears throat> according to the Kabbalah and the School of Rashba, the original three queens of the demons, Agrat, Bat, Malat, Nama, and Isith, Zin, Zinunum, Zinu, Zin... Can you help me? Can I say it? Zinua, Zin, Zin... Zenunium. 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 Sorry, I have Zenunium. a Zenunium. Zenunium. I have a little bit of a stutter sometimes. All their co cohorts gave birth to children except Lilith. According to other legends, legends, the children of Lilith are called Lilin. So, in Kabbalah, some of the demons can have babies, some of them can't. Mm -hmm. There are other... Like, demon women just become succubi just sort of by association, but I do think it's kind of depending... Uh, a specific subsection. So essentially, women show up at the demon job line. They're like, oh, you got a pussy? Fucking succubus. Get out, <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. So according to the Malleus Maleficarum, or Witch's Hammer, which is just like the sickest fucking shit, written by Heinrich Kramer in Stitorius. I've read some of the Witch's Hammer. Uh -huh. It is nutty and incredible. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, this is like, we're basically just reading... Dimmu Borgir cliff notes and general <laughs> like black metal like associated anytime you're talking about like you know dark ages mythology especially like Judeo-Christian mythology as it like you know beats against uh, northern Scandinavian mythology it just gets it gets spicy so uh, succubi collect semen from men they seduce incubi or male demons then use the semen to impregnate human females thus explaining how demons could apparently sire children despite their traditional belief that they were incapable of reproduction. I did not know that. Yeah, but the thing is that they then immediately point out is it doesn't make any sense because if you're taking semen from a dude and putting it in a lady, then you're just making a human child. That's just in vitro fertilization or something similar. Which is against God, Frank. Well, that is what they say. So they say that the children are demons because they were conceived in a way that was against God. But when you think about it just logically, it's like, but why would that create a demon child? So then they were like, well, no, the demons definitely, like, diddle the semen and make it weird. So then they have, like, the demon kids. I just had this scenario in my head where... <laughs> they're, Springer? They're almost, Are we talking no, about no, no. Springer? No. Think think like a drug addict couple, right? So Incubus lady comes home. Incubus husband's sitting there all scratches, like, you get the jizz, you get the jizz, did you get it, did you get it? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I got it, you know. Pulls it out of her. She's got one of those diva cups, it, but it's just, full of cum. Just fucking jams it into his pee hole. Just fucking gets it all in there. He's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta go to work now, too. And just... You're not the only one who works here. <laughs> just goes out and... I guess maybe it mixes in the ball bag. They get the, the demon essence. I don't know that they... They don't... I mean, at least what I read, they didn't talk about it being specifically reinserted into the balls where the piss is... Uh, for demons, but they just the demons somehow then get it into a lady. It's just they just uh, I'm the imagining end of their incubus dick with it. And 
I'm thinking more of a turkey baster situation. So, you know, one Dude. man's penis oh is God. another man's turkey baster. Does this mean every member of the band Incubus is a cuckold? Think about it, right? Because, like, succubi and incubi, right? So if the succubus has to go fuck another dude to get the semen uh-huh. for the incubus, that's that's like a cuckold situation, right? Yeah. Maybe that's why they named their band Incubus. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it is. I didn't see anything about that <laughs> in my research. Well, we both know I'm the one who knows more about supernatural creatures, Frank. So. Well, do, doesn't Incubus have a song that's good? Probably. So King James, in his dissertation titled Demonology, refutes the possibility for angelic entities to reproduce and instead offered a suggestion that a devil would carry out two methods of impregnating women. First, steal the sperm out of a dead man and deliver it into a woman. If a demon could extract the semen quickly, the substance could not be instantly could not be instantly transported to a female host, causing it to go cold. This explains his view that succubi and incubi were the same demonic entity, only to be described differently based on the tormented sexes being over, being conversed with. The second method was the idea that a dead body could be possessed by a devil, causing it to rise and have sexual relations with others. However, there is no mention of a female corpse being possessed to elicit sex from men, which is a lie. Because uh, most of the time when I think of necrophiles, it's dudes fucking corpses. Yeah, also, and if I was a necrophile and the cops came to me, I'd be like, that corpse is filled with a devil who wanted my seed. And, a and she tempted me. bunch of ghost stories about the ghost lady trying to get her bang on. Right. I just First of all, everything you're saying... Makes super interesting, sense. but I also keep all these. I'm, I, all these scenarios keep coming. Like you said, maybe they get it from a dead body. So I just see a, a male demon just like trying to crank one out for it. He's like, "Come on, come on, man, come on! I need this. I need this." Just jerking off a dead corpse. Yeah, I want to have a kid. <laughs> I'm finally ready. Give me your jizz. Uh, I have to say, I am horribly impressed with the amount of research you did into a supernatural thing. Thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, that's like the Western version of the succubi. There is, there are Middle Eastern counterparts. Well, and that's just one example. Like I said, they're basically versions of this all across the world. And typically the idea is that, you know, these, these hoes be stealing your life energy. And well, I'm going to get more into that in a second. And then we're going to talk all about Lilith. So in Arabian mythology, the Quarina, Quarina is a spirit similar to the succubus, with origins possibly in ancient Egyptian religion or in animist, animistic beliefs of pre-Islamic Arabia. The Quarina sleeps with the person and has relations during sleep, as is known by the dreams. They are said to be invisible, but a person with second sight can see them, often in the form of a cat, dog, or other household pet. So your animals are going nuts while you're having, like, you know, the night emissions and or you're just sleepwalking and fucking your pet <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no daddy i know i went over a bunch of different s- sleepy time demons when we did our sleep paralysis sleep paralysis episode sure. i don't know if i covered that one i had like nine pages of that shit though yeah so. uh so to date many african myths claim that men who have similar experience with such principality succubus and dreams usually in the form of beautiful women, find themselves exhausted as soon as they awaken, often claiming spiritual attack upon them. Local rituals, divination, and divination are often invoked in order to appeal uh, to God for divine protection and intervention. And so to get into the 
scientific explanation and then just I think what is like the general explanation is that there are a couple things. One is that so these stories kind of stop happening so much when alien abduction stories become more normal and we enter into a more like scientific phase of human western thinking and look for like more scientific explanations. I'm doing air quotes right now. Uh, and we're we talk less about demons and more about aliens right. and shit like that. And so what anthropologists and historians and scientists have noted is that essentially a lot of these stories share a lot of similarities with alien abduction stories as far as when people describe what happened to them when they were visited by a succubus. And just to briefly touch on, an incubus is similar and sometimes they're in the same way like men who prey on women sexually and steal their energy that way. But they're also a lot of times just like more of demons that feed on fear they're male demons that feed on a person's fear. And part of the reason I was inspired to do this, besides my deep and undying love of Morgan Ansland, was that I just read the first volume of Guts, and he has an incubus that's constantly following him and terrorizing him. And I was like, oh, cool. I should do that. So here we are. And so that is, they're both versions of that. But essentially what they they both are like is essential, is a way to cope with sleep paralysis or at least a framework for something like that or waking dreams or which can just be another word for sleep paralysis or um not vivid dreams but what are they called uh the ones where you it's right there lucid lucid, lucid dreaming. dreaming yeah it can be you know part of that and anybody who's had like wildly realistic stress-induced dreams knows that like yeah, you can just feel wrecked the next day because of something like that. And I think in a world that was full of dark spirits and witches and all that, as the world was to man for, you know, the majority of human existence, saying that like a night witch who wanted my seed, you know, and then I wake up tired and also covered in jizz is a pretty good explanation for like, for waking up covered in jizz in the days before you porn and all that kind of stuff. So... Not you porn, Pornhub. I mean, you porn's off brand, but they are owned by Pornhub. Red I've been team. on X videos a lot more recently. X videos is also owned by Pornhub. X hamster is not, if memory serves me right. They, they, X hamster, X hamster, a better place to go for photos. So yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of times it's, it's I think of a couple situations in which the succubus is like the wonderful mm, mythological scapegoat, supernatural scapegoat. It's like you're banging another lady and you sneak at home at night and you wake up the next day like mad tired and your wife's like, yo, let's get busy. And you're like, I was visited by like a succubus. So like, I totally can't get it up and I'm way tired and right now. And she's all like, yo, let me smell your dick. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, the succubus left glitter on it. I don't know. Her name was like, I'm not going to make a fake name. <laughs> Giselle Bub. Yeah. Giselle Zabub. Giselle Zabub. I thought she was a model. Turned out she was a succubus, but also she 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 did, was like not. She did it to me. She wasn't prettier than you though, yeah, babe. babe. Like no definitely way. not prettier. Yeah. You were like the most pretty. Yeah, she haunted me. I'll you take know. a blowy. You know what? Yeah, you know what? I will take a <laughs> I'm blowy. I'm horny thinking about it though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like that's like one version of it, or just like just generally like people making up some wild shit to like explain normal human behavior. That's like bad or secretive you know it's just like oh yeah no there was like a demon thing happening this totally wasn't like that me. morning erection not your fault demons demon was trying to suck nocturnal the soul emission out of you. 
demons. Yeah, because imagine that there was a time where, like, you woke up covered in jizz and you didn't know what that was and, like, you were scared. Because there like, was no gonna, medical science. Yeah, right, like, I'm going to go get a rock and I'm going to scream at the sun. Like, that's just so brutal, you know? And now I couldn't even have a nocturnal emission if I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, my balls are permanently on empty. Every so. time I have gone through getting sober again the couple times that I had to uh, I had like two solid nights of like just nutting my pants in the middle <laughs> of the night which like is pretty great I just on imagine, one aspect cause I just imagine the brain bug from fucking Sergeant <laughs> Troopers cause when it brings out that big brain scooping thing and it's just got like those gobs of fucking nut hanging off of it yeah that's what i imagine just like it's shot into your pants at like extreme speed fuck fuck just like big golf ball sized goopy nut well it's really cool right because your brain does simulate like someone else not you is touching your penis yeah, sure which is great and then you're having a dream you're having sex with somebody pretty good yeah but then you wake up and everything's stuck to you yeah and it's like peeling duct tape off your yeah. genitals it's the worst yeah but i never had one when i was going through puberty only yeah no i never i don't think i've ever had one in my life in like the last 10 years but again i've never i was beating my meat well before i could skeet and uh oh same thing i never ever stopped remember how great that was though yeah. you just be like huh? and just <laughs> let go and you were done like you don't have to clean anything up nothing i don't clean up now leave it on the hand next person to find <laughs> just run out of the streets are slapping people so yelling, I got a dog. Just yelling, Coco Nut, <laughs> Coco Nut. <coughs> and the other explanation, it, it's a sort of, it's a way to story tell night terrors before we had, you know, more psychological type science. But it's but also the, just like women are folklore. Yeah, just, yeah. Well, well, yes, but also in general, you know. Stay away from women. Stay away from men. That's stay ungodly. Stay away from sex. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's like a variety of things. I think that it feeds into the general... Like, a, a ton of it derives from the narrative that women are tricky and treacherous. But it's also like, we all want to believe that narrative so that, like, when I'm weak-willed and seduced by a dirty succubi, it's, like, totally not my fault. She's a supernatural demon who wanted my seed. Not like... I was like, yo, what's good? Because I got this bottle of Cavassier and whatever. I thought I've ever <laughs> I don't know why that's what it came up, but um. So girl, I got this bottle of <laughs> I'm just thinking of that. Why don't you bring that sweet vagina <laughs> on over here and I'm sit thinking, on Father's I'm lap? Thinking about that Buster Rhymes song, Pascal It seems sexy. So <laughs> okay, so we're gonna back up for a sec. We're gonna talk a little bit about the etymology of. Lilith's mm. name in and of itself. My girl. So in the Akkadian language of Assyria and Babylonia, the terms Lili and Lilitu mean spirits. Some uses of Lilitu are listed in the Assyrian Dictionary of the Oriental Institute of the University of Chicago, uh, 1956, in Wolfram von Soden's Akkadisch Handwork Book, which is just a handwork book from... I don't have the year... Uh, relaxation, der Essiliology. I don't, okay, again, they don't give me the year. That's not very fucking helpful. But uh, the Sumerian female demons, Lily, have no etymological, 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 <laughs> etymological, thank you, relation to the Akkadian Lilu evening. 
So worth noting because we're going to be talking about Samaria and Assyria and Babylonia. Lilu Dallas multipath. <laughs> <laughs> you're connecting the dots, buddy. Yeah. yeah, you're you're a couple steps ahead of where we're going to go, but you're yes, right on that path. Archibald Sayus in 1882 considered that Hebrews Lilith or Lilith, and then it's got some Hebrew, and the earlier Akkadian Lily too are from Proto-Semitic. Charles Fossey in 1902 literally translated uh, female knight being or demon, although cuneiform inscriptions from Mesopotamia exist where Lilith and Lily too refers to disease-bearing wind spirits. Fun so, fact. Which is what I call vaginas, disease-bearing wind uh, spirits. I think it's, I think the male version is Lilin or Lilum. I can't remember, but in Pokemon Sun and Moon, that's why I named my Noctowl. Mm. So that means nothing to you, but our Pokemon listeners. They're fucking nothing. They're like, nice. Yeah. So Lilith herself, and again, so this was difficult because I started reading about like the Dead Sea Scrolls and a bunch of other shit, and uh, the Hebrew, like pre Bible Bible, and the. It was wildly fascinating, and. I hope I can do this justice. There's a massive Wikipedia rabbit hole you can go down, and then if you start clicking on the primary sources, it's really just like an interesting history of the development of language and the cross-pollination of ideas in like spirits and folklore and stuff like that, and then what then becomes like, you know, and the way that sort of becomes codified into the stuff that informs our world today, like as a Western white audience and how basically so many of the ideas from the middle ages, like are continue to be the foundation of like modern society. I mean, dollar is God and King, but we still, I think adhere to so many of the archetypes in a way to describe and give narrative to the, things that happen in our life and certain and certainly in our art and and related but so anyways this is not exact science as far as the develop <laughs> development of lilith i'm sorry religious folklore is not exact science no. so developed in jewish mythology earliest mentions come from the babylonian talmud in third to fifth century a.d from 700 to 1000 a.d so like that's like ah, that's just crazy uh, Lilith appears as Adam's first wife, created at the same time, that time being Rosh Hashanah, and from the same clay as Adam. Rosh Hashanah's coming, uh, coming up. Is it? Yeah. Cool. It is possible the name or idea of Lilith is derived from the female demons Lily II in ancient Mesopotamian religion, found in the cuneiform texts of Summer, Akkadian Empire, Assyria, and Babylonia that we already talked about. Uh, Lilith has been associated with the spirit in the Tree of Gilgamesh cycle, which I'll post. Uh, I don't have pictures of that, but I have pictures of the big-footed woman in the Bernie relief of the Mesopotamian terracotta plaque from 1800, uh, 1750 BCE, which again, like, just insane how far back. Are we allowed to post foot, foot, feet pics on Instagram? Yeah. Hell yeah. As long as there's no nip, and there's no nip on these uh, reliefs. And also in the Arslan Tosh amulets. And so I think basically the idea of female spirits it, like evil malevolent pre presences were incorporated from 
in you know like early uh, early Jewish before like faith stuff you know when it was still not a codified religion as much as it was like a I mean it was a religion Tribal. and yeah it was but and it was a beliefs and all that kind of thing but we're not talking full on bibles and control codes to the same level i mean that stuff is part of it and you're also talking about too like this is it's super interesting because it's the um competition between polytheistic societies and monotheistic societies going back to like the oldest civilizations of humankind you know like the and it's not even to say that i mean there was well anyways it's i'm not gonna that's complicated no trust but, me i I remember learning about Zoian Astrianism and how that branched off into Judaism and Catholicism and found it terribly interesting. Yeah. Lilith is only mentioned once in the Hebrew Bible, yet other similar words for Lilith appear more often. Lilith, Lilitu, Liliat, which was with two Ys and an OT. Uh, and she becomes over time in, again, the Jewish faith and in other faiths or religions, cultures, whatever. Uh, ancient peoples with uh, foul beasts, specifically satyrs and owls. Yeah, I can guarantee you, though, guys, if you go to synagogue... So, the way... I don't, I don't know how church works, but with synagogue, it is essentially like through the year you go over different parts of the Torah. They aren't going to talk about Lilith. I can tell you that right now, guys. So don't go sneaking into your local synagogue and... Tell me about the witch lady! <laughs> Tell me about the lady who wanted to be on top, so Adam was like, ew, get her out of here. Yeah, but you can go to your local Wiccan meeting, and you'll hear about Lilith immediately. Yeah. So. Um, that's the name of my cat. Yeah, so actually, uh, Jewish tradition of Lilith beyond this. Uh, for 40 to 10 BC, Dead Scroll, the Dead Sea Scrolls mention her in Songs for a Sage. In the Mishnah, she's not mentioned in circa 50 BC, she's mentioned in the Gemara, it looks like Gamera, of the Talmud, which would be way sicker <laughs> if Gamera was that ancient. Uh, 800, I wish Gamera was in the Talmud. The Alphabet of Ben Sira, which we'll talk about more in a second. Uh, 900, Midrash Abkir. In 1260, the Treaties on the Left Emanation, Spain. And in 1280, uh, in the Zohar from Spain. She's uh, appears in incantation bowls which were big in the Sassanid empire of babylon with influence from iranian culture these bowls were buried upside down below the structure of a house or on the land of a house in order to trap demons and demonesses and they would um mention king of the liliths and have drawings and they have their i'll post pictures of these bowls of lilith and so the idea is you would capture Lilith underneath your house so she couldn't steal and kill your kids. Yeah. Devil traps. The correctly worded incantation bowl was capable of warding off Lilith or Lilith from the house. Lilith had the power to transform into a woman's physical features, seduce her husband, conceive a child. However, Lilith would become hateful towards the children born of the husband and wife and would seek to kill them. Similarly, Lilith would transform into a physical features of the husband, seduce the wife, she would give birth to a child. It would become evident that the child was not fathered by the husband and the child would be looked down on. Lilith would seek revenge on the family by killing the children born to the husband and wife. Can we make this Edo Goro Hentai? This sounds incredible, right? So, like, picture it, right? 
Except Lilith turns into first she's just like masturbating and watching the fucking husband for a while in her you know normal form. Then she's like, I got, I gotta have him. So she turns into wife, fucks him, and mm. then uh, she gives birth, and she's like, oh well, you know, I gotta. He's got to raise this kid, but then he gets his real wife pregnant, like, right after that, because he is horned up. But how how does, how are two wives walking around? Like, how does she bring this baby to term? Does she just disappear for nine months and show back up when the wife's, like, out taking a dump, and she's suddenly like, I was pregnant the whole time, here's your kid, and then he's like, damn, I really don't, I'm not observing. First of all, do we know that it takes a demon nine months in utero to be born? But he would know that it takes a human nine months. One, two, it's hentai. The plot doesn't need to be completely oh, secure. I am horny. Have you watched Bible Black? Yeah. Not the perfect plot. Good. <laughs> Great, even. Yeah. Incredible. Some might say... My favorite hentai. No. No, it's mine. No. I like that BDSM school and uh, cool devices really changed my life. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Lilith just then turns into a man, bangs the wife, and at the end, she has both a vagina and a penis, and the husband's doing her from behind in the vagina while she's penetrating the wife. Yeah. So, okay. So that's that's one of the ancient versions of her. I'm there's like so much stuff. I'm not gonna go into all of it, and but I wanted I want to cover this thing in particular. So there's this thing called the Alphabet of Ben Sira that's, uh, it's basically like a, it's a satirical text and it's unknown whether it's an accumulation of Jewish folklore that is supposed to be just like a fun romp for Jews or if it was in some ways anti-Semitic or if it's like some version of like really what its purpose was is lost, but it touches on a lot of Jewish folklore and takes its stories into like some fun surprisingly progressive directions and mocks uh, social norms and mores of the Jewish faith but like in a probably self-referential kind of way not like a Nazi way and so the story of Lilith is in there and they talk about the creation myth and they uh, point to you know that she's so she's created from the same clay as Adam and their equals and then Adam's like, stop talking back to me and do what I say. And she's like, nah, dog, like, we're equals. We were born from the same clay. I'm I not I want to be on top. I want to have my own credit card. Right, exactly. I want to get a job. You men understand. So, uh, so she, yeah, she wants to be equal. And he's like, nah. And so she doesn't submit to him. So, so after things don't work out for them in the Garden of Eden, she's like, you know what? Fuck this. And she goes out outside of Eden to whatever that's called and starts fucking demons and shit and she's like I'm gonna do whatever I want I'm an independent woman she's liberated and shit which is nice you know what I mean I wanna see chicks fuck demons that's why I watch Bible Black like what the fuck so so God or Adam rather is all like God you know sovereign of the universe uh, my lady ran away and and he's all pissed off about it and so God sends a bunch of angels and he's like you need to get this lady under control Deal, deal with this for me and the angels go to Lilith and she's like, I'm not going to do what you want. And they're like, for real though? And she's like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck God. Fuck Adam. Like, I'm an independent lady. Like, now you're going to tell me I have to do all this shit? Like, you made me you made me equal to Adam. And so none of them can essentially, like, bring her to, to bow, bring her to 
there's an expression I can't think of it what it is but bring her may force her to kneel I don't know fuck you know bend, bend a knee make her bend a knee walk the straight I'm think I'm having a no a mini stroke but essentially they say to her you need to get in line and she says no and she doesn't and she defies God and All she defies just blowing a demon <laughs> yeah well so eventually this turns into not just straight out of this uh series of stories but generally she in many versions of the story of Lilith she mates with Satan and hot yeah makes a bunch of demons that way and they're like you're supposed to be with Adam and she's like fuck that nerd like I'm fucking Satan now and he's badass he's got motorcycle and he doesn't even wear a leather jacket and uh he actually wears he only wears a leather jacket while fucking yeah the angels tell her that they're gonna drown her in the sea and she's like nah <laughs> and uh she says she's only gonna create sickness to infants and if the infants are male she'll have dominion over them for eight days and if they're female she'll have dominion over them for 20 days and the angels go back to god and they're like yo she's like hiling out and he's like i don't even know and he tells adam like i'm gonna make this other bitch for you and then he makes eve and Basically, the whole thing is, like, even God couldn't stop a woman from doing what she wants, and uh, among other things. And I just was like, this is written 2,000 years ago, and be like, women be shopping, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's truly nuts out here. So, uh, then in Kabbalah, they, like, they incorporate her into a ton of shit. She's fucking, she's fucking the devil, she's all important, and mm-hmm. all sorts of Kabbalistic wild stuff, but I can't even begin to unpack the Kabbalah or anything. No, it's... Nutty. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It, I mean, if you've seen uh, seen Neon Genesis Evangelion, first of all, Lilith and the Lilium are a big part of that. But you typically know they're like, we're gonna mine this this wild part of Western thought. Well, really, like Middle Eastern thought, uh, for to make our nutty anime nuttier. And like, you know, it's nutty if it's you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's there's a lot of anime that. They fuck with Kabbalah thing. hard. Yeah. So hard. Although, I mean, I guess that's also one of the eldest... Mystic. Mystic arts, really. Well, yeah, that's still, like, around in a meaningful way. You know, I think there's a long history of the Kabbalah that has maintained it. All the, oh, Zoroastrianism is another one that has a lot of mystic components. But, yeah, for sure. And you think about, like, the 80s when all that shit... I mean, it came back in the 60s, but then it came back again for yuppies in the 80s. It was like talk about some wild shit that'll like put meaning into your life and the 90s was the 80s in japan well the late 80s was the 80s in japan but anyways yeah so all that stuff regardless if you, if you practice or research any kind of magic uh kabbalistic stuff is a huge part of it yeah even the lesser key of solomon is yeah 90 percent of the summoning sigils have hebrew or Judea symbols in it and everything. Yeah, so if you're like a black metal dude who's wildly anti-Semitic, you're going to have a tough time if you want to get into magic black metal because they're they're just constantly ripping off Jewish shit. And I'm like, seriously, guys? Yeah. It's just, you know. But it's tough, too, because all this Jewish stuff is, like, super old. It just goes way back. So it's, like, hard to not rip off Jewish shit if you want to... Like you got to go either deep east. They're or they're they're trying to do what they do with you know Viking stuff and just steal that for the evil white man. I want to get a bunch of runes tattooed on me and not look racist. <laughs> yeah, you probably pull it off. Your hair is too. I'm quite blonde. 
Yeah, but it's like a it's like an orangey blonde. I feel like they're gonna be like he's uh he's just really into cosplay. My hair's gold. If one more person calls me a fucking ginger, I'm gonna knock him out. I didn't say you're a ginger. You're I not know, a ginger. I know, I know. I know. I know. Just you have like a tomato. Well, anyways, uh, so yada yada yada. Lilith, Lilith, Lilith. So she gets uh, swept up into some Greek Roman shit and is connected to the Greek goddess Lamea, who, according to Hurwitz and who was a historian on Greek shit. She is a class of child-stealing Limea demons. Limea bore the title child killer and was feared for her malevolence like Lilith. She was different. There's different conflicting origin stories, uh, but sometimes she's the daughter of the goddess Hecate. Other times she comes out other ways, but she's associated, Limea is associated with Second Sight, and um, she was given the ability to see the future, but if she had her eyes open and God like, or Zeus rather forced her to have her eyes open for all time. Cause she did some like bad shit. And, uh, she's also a vampiric spirit and sucked blood and seed and, um, yada, yada, yada. And it's like a whole thing. And, and basically like every hundred years that passes every major culture, that's like, you know, running shit as far as like, what's the cool cultural norm. They add on to this Lilith demon woman thing, but her name pretty much continues from like, the beginning of, uh, you know, well, from way before Christ until now. She ended up in Supernatural. She sure did. And she appears in Goth's work, Faust, the first part of the tragedy. Here's a passage talking about that lady. Faust is like, who's that there? And Mephistopheles is like, take a good look. That's Lilith, my dog. And this is not an exact quotation. Faust is, says, Lilith, who's that? Mephistopheles, Adam's wife, his first wife. Beware of her. She's got huge titties. And uh, WAP. <laughs> <laughs> her beauty's one boast. Her beauty's one boast is her dangerous. Her beauty's one boast is her dangerous hair. It's like which hair? The the puss puss hair? Yeah. Wap. The beaver. When Lilith winds it tight around young men, she doesn't soon let go of them again. Yeah, that's pussy hair. Yeah. So, you know, when you got that, like, real soft pussy hair, like, around your shaft as you're doing the deep stroke. Word. Uh, <laughs> she was, like, hot shit and... Shoots out, like, venom symbiote at you. Yeah, so she she then was popular in English literature, and there are two things I want to mention while it's, like, the connected thing. So Dante Gabriel Rossetti of the Brotherhood, the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood did this painting of her which he considered his best picture at that point uh symbols appearing in the painting allude to femme fatale reputation of romantic lilith there are poppies white roses mirrors it is a super gorgeous painting it's just looks like the lead into castlevania's art style now with like that awesome kind of really good medieval art meets Japanese whatever shit and you just look at it and you're like this is Yoshitaka Amano Castlevania it's just like anytime you're talking about dark western fantasy this is like one of those kinds of paintings may very well be my favorite Japanese artist yeah and the there was a poem when the painting was first um, exhibited that was that went with it and I thought the poem was pretty good I'm going to try to read this seriously of Adam's first wife, Lilith, it is told, the witch he loved before the gift of Eve, that ere the snakes 
her sweet tongue could deceive, and her enchanted hair was the first gold. And still she sits, young while the earth is old, and subtly of herself contemplative, draws men to watch the bright web she can weave, till heart and body and life are in its hold. The rose and poppy are her flower, for where is he not found, O Lilith, whom shed scent? And soft shed kisses and soft and soft sleep shall snare. Lo, as that youth's eyes burned at thine, so went thy spell through him, and left his straight neck bent, and round his heart one strangling golden hair. It's like pretty cool goth stuff. So horny. Yeah. And then she's mixed up with modern Satanist uh, stuff, and she's in Wicca, and basically, like, you know, she's an icon. She's she's a big deal. I'm sure... Yeah, nobody wants to be Eve. Everybody wants to be Lilith. Yeah, she's a bad bitch. And so, yeah, so that pretty much covers it. And then in Darkstalkers, she's the sister of Morgan slash mother, and she's got... Which is it? No titties. It doesn't... It's like a whole thing. I'm not going to get into that. And uh, she's got red... She does a red and blue color combo instead of green and purple. And she's a cutie pie. And that is the succubus. I am deeply impressed. Deeply impressed. Uh-huh. By your research on this. I should have gone more supernatural with mine. That's my fault. Uh, mine are still like weird and supernatural based, but I guess they're a good they're good bookends to that. Sure. I picked mine that were somewhat demonic in a way and very supernatural and high strangeness. Are you mm. ready for um, my last me. and final? Fuck one? me in the mouth. Frank, tell me. Have you ever heard of the Van Meter visitor? No. Do you know where Van Meter is? No. Iowa. Dog. <laughs> so my brother lives now. Is it? Yeah. He moved to Iowa City. Why? Because he retired from the military and he got a sick position out there. Is it missionary position? <laughs> Boom. Anyway. So this takes place in Van Meter, Iowa. Okay. October of 1903. Damn. I'm going to preface this with... This shit's old. It will yes, it's old. There was a book written. I assume that the person who wrote the book went to Van Meter to write it because it is agonizing trying to find information about these sightings on the internet. Okay. Actual agony. So, creeper, creature description itself. There's been artist renditions Sometimes it has a beak, sometimes it doesn't. I don't really fucking care. Okay. The main point is that it's humanoid-like. It has big, leathery, fleshy bat wings. Okay. And a horn in mm. the center of its head that shoots light. Okay. Which is super like cool. Like a shaft of light? Like a flashlight? Yes. Or like a pillar? Like a flashlight. Okay. Because there are instances where it... Is it just a dude with a flashlight taped to his head? No. Because that dude can't fly. That's fair. Also, like many cryptids and supernatural creatures, it gives off a real fucking nasty poo-poo smell. Okay. So, I I couldn't find exact dates of any of these. And it was hard enough. I couldn't find 
the names of anyone except one person, and it was so hard to even find what happened because most of the things, like I told you, that I was reading essentially were like, this happened for a week, then it stopped, and that was it. I'm like, cool. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Even like uh, Obscura and some of the other stuff that I'll visit for these more supernatural encrypted based episodes. Yeah. Didn't have fucking shit. Yeah, I tried to get some uh, some sillier sources for the succubus research, and like all I got was a bunch of like bad cosplay, big titted goth chicks like on every other page, and just it's weird how you said how you did air quotes when you said bad cosplay and have a full erection. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just like wild. I was like, this is just a bunch of pictures of half naked ladies talking about sex. I was like, this is cool, but like not research. How many times did you stop to jerk off? None. Don't None. lie to me. I was focused. I was reading about the Talmud. So. <laughs> Nothing gets me harder than the Talmud. <laughs> it's a bunch of words. As a young Jewish That's man. A, the brain is the most erogenous <laughs> zone of them all. Yeah. Tickle my think clit, Frank. <laughs> Tickle it with your knowledge. I'm begging my knowledge. I don't even have specific street names for anything. I'm just going to yeah. go over the incidents. On Doc Martin Road. <laughs> On Penis Palace Place. Okay, that's... That's a real street. That's crude. Crude. Yeah? Fuck you, how about that? Pretty much all of this takes place around 1am. Okay. Almost every sighting. Okay. First sighting, businessman's walking home, and he sees a light on top of a building. First, he's thinking, logically... That's a light on top of a building. Somebody's trying to fucking rob that place, right? Ah, where? Someone's definitely trying to rob that place. And as he got a little bit closer, the light leapt from one building to another and then another. And he's like, that's not human. That's spooky. Yeah. And he went home. Did he drink and beat his wife? Probably. It was 1903 in Iowa. Come here, honey. I saw something weird. Also, almost everyone in this town apparently has a fucking gun, which is incredible. But I guess it was 1903 in Iowa. So, the next night, once again around 1am, a doctor is sleeping in his home, and he's woken up by a bright light shining in through his window directly into his fucking face. (laughs) That'd be fucked up. So, grabs his fucking gun, (laughs) runs outside. I'm a patriot! (laughs) I'm gonna kill whatever boy, like... There's a light shining in your window. Could just be kids. Yeah, it could be time to start shooting, though. Although, probably not in 1903, because the kids had to get up in yeah, the morning for work. plow the fields. <laughs> well, I mean, this was a town. It was also a mining town. Right. It was a mine in Van Meter. So, he runs outside, sees this humanoid, bat-like, horned creature. He goes, save me, gun! Shoots five times, does absolutely nothing to the creature. Mm-hmm. Is this Batman? Pretty it's much. basically Batman with a miner's helmet. Yeah. I never thought of it as a miner's helmet. Holy shit. You're opening up some doorways in my brain. Yeah. You're tickling that thing clit. Thank yeah. you. I'm here for you. Because, what it, you know, I'll get into it towards the end. Anyway, so... Being entirely freaked out that this giant creature just fucking ate up these bullets. Sure. He runs off. The next day, 
he told everyone in town what happened. And at that point, the businessman also spoke up, like, oh, I saw some weird shit, too. So the local town banker, figuring that it's just someone playing pranks, decides to stay in the bank that night to make sure no one comes and fucks with the bank, steals the money, whatever. And again, 1 a.m., which seems almost... It, it, it seems very supernatural, right? Like, same time every night. Bulls have zero effects. Another, another dimension. Right? So, the banker, woken up by a sound around 1 a.m., runs outside with his gun, because everybody's got a gun, runs outside, sees the creature, instantly starts shooting, does nothing, creature flies off. The next day, townspeople, during the day this time, townspeople come, investigate everything that happened. They're like looking around like, oh, what the fuck? Was Batman here? Was this some kind of mooth man? Uh, what's going on here? We, we got figured out. Yeah. So they, and if you can find the, uh, I'm pretty sure there is a picture of the cast somewhere on the internet. They found these weird like three-toed footprints and they did casts of them and everything. Sure. So that night, the night that they did these casts, once again, 1 a.m., only name I got out of this whole thing, Mr. White, who is the owner of a local hardware store. Watts Hardware. Watts, Watts Hardware. I mean, it was 1903, yeah. so. He was woken up by a strange sound, looked out his window, saw the creature perched on a telephone pole, Grabs his gun, runs outside. I don't know how people from Iowa sound. I'm gonna kill you. Coming here with your black wings and your hate in your heart. Shoots his gun at it. I'm gonna. No effect. Well, that's my favorite thing, right? Like, that's probably exactly what it was because even though several people have been like, I shot it, mm, no effect. They're either thinking to themselves, like, well, I gotta shoot it now. Like, I gotta try to shoot her. That guy's a terrible shock. Exactly. This is America. Yeah. Well, you don't know how fire is getting. Probably can't pleasure the lady neither. I'm yeah. out here with two guns. Bam, bam, bam. Then again, who needs the pleasure of a lady? I come. That's all the satisfaction a lady needs. Yeah. That's her pleasure. That's her pleasure. Her double mint fun. Spearmint gum. Time, anyway. Time to lick on my gun. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh. Never mind. We'll do ASMR <laughs> So, bullet didn't do anything, but it did startle the creature. And the first time that it had any effect, but it could have just been the gunshot, like the ringing out that startled the creature. When the creature started, all all of a sudden releases this terrible odor, odor so bad that Mr. White actually passes out. Pretty much like when you eat anything that is not fully put together meat, like chili tacos pretty much any day I'm around you and you fart this is how I feel this is the only way I could bring it up I think you have a problem you need to go see a proctologist you, you again you got a meat issue yeah no my doctor says I'm doing real good is he yeah he said I'm like a goat meets a dumpster you stick a camera up your butt what I do with my doctor is my business that's <laughs> my personal time no he just gapes me bro what, yeah. what, what's a camera gonna do up there yeah Fucking four fingers deep. I get around. there and he's like, yo, go see this shit. I'm like, okay. I think I sit on doorknobs for. 
Can you really sit on a doorknob? I guess if you take it off the door. You have to take it off the door, though, right? Well, you're, sitting, really, you're, you're leaning. Sitting down. If you, if you, you're leaning into the doorknob. No, because if it's fully inserted at that point, and I've got equal weight distribution between my posterior and my feet, that's sitting. So does that mean if you're hanging from something by your hands, you're actually laying down? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Are you high? Maybe. Maybe. You ever had a doorknob inside you? A couple times. I won't tell you what parts, though. You'll have to figure that out. It was the dickhole. <laughs> that, that sounding episode really, really I did think about romance. strictures and sounding all the time. I know you do, bud. I really do. It's okay. So, Mr. White's neighbor, also woken up by the gunshot. Shoot shot, it! Looks out, sees the creature, sees the creature... Looks out, sees the creature on the telephone bowl. It jump, it jumps down, stands up, about like eight feet tall. You know, big motherfucker. Yeah, Batman. And then described as shining its light out of its horn on and off, and then incredible speeds, just Usain bolting it down <laughs> the fucking road towards the town coal mine. So at this point. They formed a good old-fashioned fucking posse. I was, looking for the P, I was looking for the P word. Nothing like a posse of Iowans. Put fear in the heart of a black bat. <laughs> so, they start down the coal mine, right? Is this the plot to My Bloody Valentine? No. No. It would be a very different movie. if there, It's like if uh, Q the Winged Serpent and My Bloody Valentine had a baby. I did so fucking watch that movie. Sounds like a wild ride. Yeah. Titties right in the opening of Q. Yeah. Mm. They, they are there. Great fucking movie. Anyway. They take off towards the mine. Hearing a bunch of weird sounds. And on their way there, they see not one, but two of these creatures fly out of the coal mine. So, they're, they're like, like, nah. They're like, maybe we should wait here. Wait for him to come back, you know. Just play it safe, you know. Just wait for him to come back. Creatures, weirdly enough, do come back to the coal mine. Everyone, pa 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 pa. Yes, one guy had an RPG. Yeah. Uh, just lighten this thing the fuck up, man. Yeeting bullets at it. Yeah. As, as one the does. TikTokers would say. Yeah. They yeet. They they yeet them. Once again, no effect. So the creatures fly into the coal mine. So they're just like, let's fucking seal it. And they do. Never saw the creatures again. The end. Weird fucking story, right? I like that one. That was good. They do have a festival every year. Like most of these towns, just because like, you know, these are small, no-nothing towns that yeah. nobody really would go to unless it were for these weird, cryptic, supernatural festivals. But I... I couldn't find anything about it, but, like, I think you and I should uh, do a podcast from inside the coal mine. Let's break open that bitch. Get in there. I bet the acoustics would be amazing. No, it would probably sound terrible on the podcast, but it would be really cool if we got murdered by a beast on the podcast. I would die for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the idea. For yeah, me. that's the idea. Well, folks, uh, once again... Uh, We're our... asking for your support. <laughs> 
our subjects were a little bit skewed because I'm terrible communicating with my co-host. Uh, well, I had planned on going like way more supernatural than went like a little bit less supernatural because I was going to do like hellhounds or something. But I looked at the amount of research and I was like, too lazy. Well, not that I was too lazy. It was just that when I look at something like that, I either go whole hog or I don't do it. Yeah. And it would have been like an hour and a half of me just doing it. And you wouldn't have done a part. And it's been a while since we've done like a back and forth episode. Yeah. So that's our episode guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, as always, check us out on social media so we can get that get them them sweet listens or whatever. We got the Instagram at Mota Hub Podcast. We have the Facebook Mota Hub Podcast. We have a Gmail account that no one emails. Podcast at gmail.com. We will have OnlyFans. We it's, will have OnlyFans. It is in the works. It's not our fault. COVID. Yeah. I think, yeah. It'll be up. It is hard to do content, but I guess we're going to have to do content in our own homes. I got the doorknob thing. I could do a trick. Send us an email. Send us an Instagram message. Let they, us know what you want to see on the They did fans. a study. It's very unlikely. As long as we don't do oral and kiss, it's very unlikely that uh, we could give each other COVID. Yeah. So. Big gape. Uh, yeah, so thanks, thanks, thanks. Thank you. Please, review us on iTunes. Or don't. Yeah. We've been doing this for a while. I don't yeah. care anymore. Doesn't matter. I don't. I don't think most of you guys listen to us on iTunes. Anyway. Anyway. They do. Later, nerds. Later.